Welcome to the Garden of Favor podcast, where we are committed to cultivating lives and businesses God's way. Because when we do, we see the evidence of his favor. I'm warning you now, be prepared. You might cry a little bit and you might be tempted to shout a couple yeses and amens as we ask ourselves the tough questions and get honest with God about what he wants to do in us and through us for the kingdom. Hey, sister friend, I'm Heather, teacher turned six-figure corporate exec, turn top 1% network marketer, turn dream job, living my best life as a mindset strategist and kingdom blueprints coach for Christian entrepreneurs. I believe your life is like a garden and your business plays a major role in fulfilling your purpose and calling. Are you ready to get your mindset and heart set in sync with the father so you can bloom into all he's created you to be? Then let's grow girl. Hey, sister friend, welcome back to the Garden of Favor podcast. Hey, before we get into today's content, I have a favor to ask of you. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while, or perhaps this is your first time and you enjoy the show, would you please be so kind to do a couple things? One, would you leave a review? And would you subscribe to the podcast as well as share on social media? Truly, it's the biggest compliment that you can give me for producing this content for you, which truly is all the Lord. And so he gets the glory for all of that. But sharing is caring. And I would be so grateful if you were to share on social and tag me in the post. Tell me what you love. I love when people let me know, hey, this really spoke to me. It encourages me to keep going. And... Uh, it, it also gives me ideas of what is to come. With that being said too, if you have topics that you would like me to cover and you want me to talk about, please go ahead, send me an email or leave a comment on social, shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram somewhere and let me know. I really feel that this content has uh, been so easy to produce, which was one of my biggest reasons not to do a podcast in the, in the beginning. I thought, oh, how am I gonna ever come up with stuff to talk about every single week? Well, meanwhile, I've got notes and notes in my phone of things that I feel the Lord drops in my spirit. I'm like, oh, that'd be a great podcast, but I would love to hear from you as well as a listener. And so thank you. That's what I have to ask for you today from that. But let's dive into today's topic. So I'm actually recording this over Easter week, Easter weekend. And so I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but I thought it was really fitting to share with you what the Lord showed me about the significance in the Garden of Gethsemane. So obviously this title of the podcast is Garden of Favor. Honestly, I don't feel like I've done a great job of continuing to explain why that was the title of the podcast. I know I will continue to share with you over time, but really the Lord continues to give me fresh revelation and understanding of what the significance of the garden is. And so I believe your life is like a garden and the Lord is asking you to cultivate something. And so when we look in scripture and I go in a pretty, a a little bit deeper detail of this in Bloom Academy, and we talk about the significance of the garden of Eden and the garden of Gethsemane. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that with you today because I find, and I think that it's significant and the Lord wants me to share. So I love in the in Genesis when we read about the Garden of Eden, so we think about, and if you've seen pictures of the Garden of Eden, 
it's like paradise. It's perfection, right? We see all the, the vivacious colors and the boldness and the fruits and the flowers and the water and the animals and Adam and Eve walking around naked. And maybe you've seen pictures where you see something that resembles the Lord, but God hung out with Adam and Eve in the garden. Like how cool is that? And then when sin entered the world, Adam and Eve became ashamed of who of, of themselves, the sin that, that they had done. They chose to eat of the fruit. Um, I know a lot of people show an apple in the picture. We don't know that it's an apple, but a lot of people assume that. But we do know it was fruit. that he, They were tempted with the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And it was the one command that God said, don't eat of that fruit. You can have anything else, anything else, but not that. And of course, they chose that. Then they immediately clothed, they tried to hide and they wanted to clothe themselves because being naked was now no longer okay. They felt shamed and they needed to cover up and God made them clothes. Um, and so he's so kind, right? He helps us to cover up our, our sin and our shame, right? There is no condemnation with God as his children and he takes away our shame. And the enemy loves, loves to clothe us and just bury us in shame. That, that's one of his obvious tactics that he used way back then and he uses it now but all of that to say there's significance in the garden and I, I the Lord had not too long ago had me in John and as I was reading through John and we get to where Jesus is going to the garden of Gethsemane right before the crucifixion the Lord just gave me the coolest revelation that continues to blow my mind about the significance of the garden. And I want to share that with you today in hopes that you really understand that the life that the Lord has given you, this garden that he has given you, that not only is he asking you to cultivate something, but that is a sweet, sweet place where your identity is rooted and it's found in Jesus Christ. Okay, so take back to Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sin. They are now ashamed. They're hiding from God. They know that something is wrong and they are no longer wanting to walk around naked. And um, God comes and he says, where are you? And he clothes them. And here we are. Fast forward, you know, however long to get to Jesus' life. And here we are in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm going to read for, to you from John 18, and I am actually reading to you from the Jesus Bible. That's the version, the translation I've been reading through this year. Um, so I didn't read through the entire Bible. Listen, I grew up in church, went to a private school. You know, everything for me was that you, you should, you need to, because you just should, right? Whereas now it's like, no, I get to, I want to, oh my goodness, I get to spend time reading God's word. God's word is a love note, and I never really understood that. And so I hope that me sharing with you as I'm, you know, reading through the Bible and I'm reading, I'm sharing with you the revelations that the Lord gives me, I hope it encourages you to get in your Bible. You know, it's great to have devotionals. It's great to listen to podcasts, you know, of other people. It's great to go to church and listen to pastors teaching what, what the Lord has revealed to them. And I, that's that's needed. That That is a gift from the Lord. However, the God, the creator of the universe, wants to speak to you too, specifically for you and your life and what you're going through. Ask me how I know, because when I started to read God's word and when I actually read it for the first time, 
and I did not, a lot of people ask me this, did you read it front to back? How do I read it? There's no wrong way to read the Bible. There's no wrong way. And so I've done it a couple different ways. I've done it what I refer to as going rogue, like all over the place, but I marked on, you know, I would always make sure I knew if I, when I finished a chapter or a book and, um, I've also read it from front to back. I've also read it from New Testament to Old Testament. So um, I'm really excited to share something that's coming. Um, not not till 2022, but the Lord's put something on my heart to really continue to help you read God's word. And don't be like me, you know, take 30 some years of my life to start reading it and actually getting from it. But anyways, okay, off on a tangent. All that to say, as I read this to you, I encourage you after the podcast or sometime during this week, please sit down, open up John 18 and read it. Read it for yourself and see how much further the Lord takes you if there's another little nugget that he has to share with you. And if he does share it with you, then share it with me because I love to learn um, what Holy Spirit is speaking to you as well. So anyways, fast forward, Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden, sinned, naked, not naked anymore, all that, removed from the garden, can no longer be there to Jesus right before his crucifixion, okay? It says, when he had finished praying, Jesus left his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. So we know it was at nighttime. It was late. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. Jesus stating his identity, knowing who he was, had power. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Again, he asked them, who is it that you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you were looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would, would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. And there's a little, oh, there's a few more verses, but I'm not going to read because that's not the point here. What I, what the Lord showed me reading this, and of course, anywhere in scripture where it talks about gardens, flowers, planting, soil, you know, I'm always, my ears are perked up because what the Lord has walked me through in the garden and what he has showed me. And so as I was reading this, I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to the garden. I know they're, they're, they're the garden of Gethsemane, that first of all, they knew Judas came to the garden because he knew that's where Jesus had went. And so I don't know. I just think, I think about, okay, if Jesus went to the garden hangout, then there's something significant there, right? And gardens are mentioned all throughout scripture. But what I found in this specifically when the uh, soldiers and the officials were asking or they were telling Jesus what you were looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he's like, I am he, I am he. And so I love that Adam and Eve lost their perfect identity. They lost their innocence. They lost their inheritance. They lost the like all the, the promises that God gave them. They lost it there in that Garden of Eden because sin entered their life. But fast forward to Jesus's life because Jesus came to give us life and give us life abundantly to the full. We can read about that in John 10, 10. 
But what I love is that Jesus reclaimed and restored our identity by saying, I am he. By Jesus knowing who he was and saying who he was boldly, proudly, confidently, and and saying, I'm he, I'm who you're looking for. By reclaiming his identity, and and not even reclaiming, but by claiming his identity as Jesus, he reclaimed for us our identity. His death is what brings us back to communion to God. His death, Jesus' death, is what brings us our inheritance. His death is what brings us the opportunity to connect with God, to be redeemed, to be restored, to be renewed, to be saved, to, to have mercy, the mercy of God, right? And so I love this thought that our identity was lost as children of God, right? Our identity was lost in the garden through Adam and Eve and sin. But yet Jesus came to give us life and to give us life abundantly, life to the full. And he reclaimed for us our identity by saying, I am he and going to the cross and dying for our sins. I mean, there is significance in the garden. There's significance there. So a couple other things that the Lord had stood out to me when I read it this time was that prayer should be our first reaction and our proactive solution to our problems. What did Jesus do when he knew what was coming? Well, he went to the garden and he prayed to his father. And he said, Father, which you can read in the other gospels, um, he asked him, you know, if I, if I, you know, if, do I have to do this, basically? Do I have to do this? Okay, your will, not mine. So there, so there we know that prayers should be proactive solution to our problems. It should be our first reaction, not talking about it to other people, um, but really praying about it. That's number one. Two, the enemy is very well aware of our garden. He is well aware of your secret place, just like Judas was well aware where Jesus went to be with the Lord, to be with his heavenly father, his Abba father that he cried out to him, Abba father, right? Judas knew that. The enemy knows there's significance in your garden too. Do you know the significance in your garden? Do you know that is where the Lord will restore your identity in the dirt, in the soil of your heart? You know, I'm a mindset coach. So I talk a lot about mindset, but hello, we cannot negate the absolute importance of our heart, our heart set. Our heart is where God gets to get in there. And he gets to know, is the soil of your heart rich and healthy? And is it ready for what I have for you? Jesus reclaimed our identity in the garden by dying for us and making a way where there was no way. They had to continue. And we see in the Old Testament, they had to follow all of these rules, all of these things to continue to make sacrifices, to to you know, repent of their sins. A part of that was, was killing animals and, and making sacrifices. But Jesus was the lamb. That's why Jesus came. He was the one true and a whole complete sacrifice. He did what we couldn't do on our own. And so I really hope you understand and you see the significance of the garden that God has given you. 
and the significance of your heart, knowing who you are as the enemy wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy exactly what he did in the Garden of Eden. He came to steal, kill, and destroy Adam and Eve's, their, their, them being pure and them being holy in the sight of God and them being made in the image of God and being perfect, right? He came to steal that. But Jesus, but Jesus in John 10, 10, Jesus came to give us life. And I'm flipping through my Bible here. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life to the full. It says, they will come in and go out and find pastures. The thief comes only to steal and kill, kill and steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And Jesus laid down his life for you and me. And he reclaimed our identity in the garden by saying, I am he. And my heart's desire is for us as women, as children of God, as daughters of the king to say, I am she. I am she. Instead of walking around not knowing who we are, God tells us who we are all throughout scripture as we are made in his image. And if you are still lacking in that knowledge or you're still not quite understanding it, one, I encourage you to do the Rooted and Ready workshop. We talk about who God is, who you are, and why that matters. And if you've taken that, then I pray that you continue to ask the Lord to give you revelation and reveal to you what is the significance of your garden and who who does God say that you are and not just to know it in your head but to really know it in your heart and so I hope that this continues to give you a little bit more of an understanding of where the significance of the garden of favor uh, is rooted and what it's all about but thank you father for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins father thank you Jesus thank you for crying out blood in that garden, so stressed, so distraught, so sad, so aware of knowing what was coming. But Jesus, you said, I am he. Lord, help us as your daughters to boldly, to confidently, to proudly, to stand in the face of evil, in the face of the enemy, the principalities and the powers that we fight. We don't fight people, Lord. We know that they're, we're not fighting people. We're fighting the darkness of this world, Lord, that we stand boldly and we say, I am she, I am the daughter of the king, called, chosen, loved, forgiven, and free. Father, continue to give us fresh revelation and fresh um, understanding and a deeper understanding of our identity in you not because of what we do and who we are but father because of whose we are we are yours and you get the glory father we thank you we love you we praise you we ask all of this in your precious and holy name amen, amen.